0: petersfield's shine radio hello i'm joff lacey
1: and i'm claire venice
0: i'm singing a theatrical musical number and
1: i'm treading the boards in this week's Peapod. Peapod. if you love petersfield i love
2: the square the
1: hangers the
2: open house swimming pool
1: lots of fun shops then the Peapod loves
3: you
2: it's just a nice town
3: everything petersfield is in the Peapod with claire
1: venice and joff lacey Thank you for joining us in the Peapod. We're in St Peter's Church Hall this week at a rehearsal for an upcoming musical from the Petersfield Theatre Group. We'll meet members of the cast and crew for the much-rehearsed and much-anticipated Made in Dagenham.
0: Not only that, but we also bring news of another production coming soon to Petersfield. A bunch of amateurs from the Winton Plays will be the first show in the Festival Hall since the pandemic began. Shine Radio's Emily Watts finds out more.
1: As usual, we bring you the latest local news from John Walker at the Petersfield Post and Susie reminisces on her wild walk with rain in Durford Wood.
0: We end this week's Peapod with local artist Marley Blandford and his single Lift Me Up.
3: The P stands for Petersfield. Petersfield is
1: special to me. The Peapod. Hi, John.
0: Hello, Claire. How are you?
1: I'm good, thanks. You?
0: Yes, well, we're back in St Peter's Hall. We are meeting PTG once again in the echoey hall. In the echoey hall, yes.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't long ago since we last came. That's here, it. Maybe. We were
0: here for for uh, the Adams family. Then we got together with Winton players for the panto, and sadly, both were postponed. Yeah, that's so, a real
1: shame.
0: Uh, I think the Adams family is going to be later in the year, and. Robin Hood will be next January.
1: Of course, so you hope, know more
0: about that. That's it. I hope we're not, hope we're not a curse.
1: Ooh. No, that, there that won't will be. be right. will no, be right. there won't be. We're all looking forward to it, Geoff, particularly, <laughs> particularly your role in the panto.
0: Well, yes, that's a long, long way away at the moment. So, uh, Are you
1: looking forward to it, though? Uh,
0: I think so, yes. Yeah, I, I will, yes.
1: Will those nerves come back? Because it's been a while since it you've been, been on It has been a while, stage. yes.
0: The so last time I was on stage was January 2020. Um, Potentially. But I think as soon as you get in front of uh, the live audience, you'll be fine.
1: And particularly in the role you're playing. Well, that's it. Which is is the nurse. It is Nurse Nellie. It is
0: Nurse (laughs) Nellie. So, Claire, theatres have been open for a while. Have you been anywhere to watch
1: anything? I have. I actually was in the Petersfield Festival Hall the other week for the Petersfield Musical Festival. Right. Brilliant to be back and it was it was packed. I was a little bit nervous actually because it had been it was the first time i 'd been in a room with so many people for a couple of years, and there was you know all the children from the local schools singing parents and friends and family watching it had a fantastic atmosphere it was a brilliant, brilliant evening I, I wrote to Philip Young actually to say congratulations because yeah, everyone had missed it so much and, and it was such a great thing to be able to come back and, and listen to music again and actually got quite a few things booked got a play at the Globe in London that I'm going to see in the Easter holidays with my daughter um, I'm looking forward to some more music locally with the, um, with the Spirit of Music Festival that's happening later on in May Ooh. so yeah I'm, I'm really embracing it actually oh. have you?
0: well I'll be coming to watch Made in Dagenham because friends of ours are in it and, uh, well, we've already seen him. Mr Simon Stanley will be in it as well. Mm-hmm. And I've performed with him a couple of times. So I feel i better come and watch him tread the board once again.
1: Very nice. I'm sure he'd support you
0: too, John. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: we'll ask him.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Claire, how's your week been? It's
1: not been too bad. It's been busy, actually. Um, a lot of running around with the kids again. Um, my One of my daughters... Went back to doing a, a practical piano exam. They've been virtual for the last couple of years, but she wanted to go back and actually do one in person, which you can do now. Right. So, popped down to Portsmouth for that. Yeah, but have been quite busy.
0: Yeah, well, we've hit number. Our youngest has had his first practical exam for his GCSEs this week, food tech. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I think he did all right.
1: Did he? Good for him. I remember you talking about him previously. Yeah. <laughs> He was practising a lot of recipes back at home. Yes,
0: and when we recorded our last episode, he was actually practising deboning a chicken in the kitchen while we were in our garden. And did he succeed? He did. He did very well, actually. And um, he was a bit concerned about timings, and he finished with about 40 minutes to spare.
1: Oh, good for him. So
0: that was good. Well done. And, Claire, I'm going to have to spend some money on myself. Because... I've got a bit of a gluey ear.
1: Ooh. That's and not nice. No.
0: Sorry. And um, I was looking into it, and uh, the earliest the doctors can fit me in, early May. Now, it f- first happened about a couple of years ago, and um, I rang up. They wouldn't do it. Obviously, it was during, during lockdown one, and uh, um, they would do, a, they could do it over the phone. I said, <laughs> with respect... <laughs> How how can you look into my ear via the phone? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did they say?
0: Not a lot. <laughs> so I've probably lived with it on and off for two years. So I've bitten the bullet. I'm going to fork out to go private to get it looked into. And hopefully I can stop hearing it, have that ringing sound in my ear all the oh, time.
1: That's not nice, is it? Because it really doesn't make you feel like you're in, no. the, in the presence at all. You wake up
0: during the night and you always get this, this ringing. I thought it was tinnitus or something like that yeah. so uh, we'll just have to wait and see
1: oh well hopefully they can sort it John. yes so uh, yep all good fun all good Yeah, fun. <laughs> great fun getting old
0: <laughs> i'm not that well, old i won't great. mention that no thank sorry, you sorry. thank you
1: bit too close <laughs> yes <Yeah. close. laughs>
0: and as you know we love to hear from you so if you have a story you'd like us to cover or would just like to say hello please do get in
1: touch you can call or WhatsApp us on 01730 555 500 or send an email to team at shineradio.uk.
0: Coming up, we hear from J.P. McCrowan, director of PTG's Made in Dagenham.
1: But before that, here's John Walker and Joff with the latest local news.
4: Hello, John. How are you? Very well, mate, thanks. It's sunny. We're sat in a beer garden with a Guinness apiece. You've just walked 23 miles or whatever it was. Oh. It
0: was 13, John, but, uh, yeah, lining myself up for, for a 23-miler in May.
4: How are you keeping? Very well. Unlike you, I only got up half an hour ago. Just <laughs> come straight to the pub to meet you, so it's been a good Sunday morning. Good, good. So, uh,
0: I think I'll kick off this week. Now, John, we've uh, entered a new financial year for for the councils. We've had our new council tax bills. They've gone up. I've got a question for you. When do you think jobs can now be done. I ask this because at the bottom of Torway, as you go into the car park by the swimming pool, there has been a barrier down, a handrail down on the bridge for about eight weeks. The handrail, the metal handrail is in the stream and there's been barriers up for eight weeks. They get pushed over a couple of times a week, get put back up. There are other things that uh, catch your eye like the potholes, the rows which we discuss week in, week out. Now that we're in a new financial year,
4: should we expect some of these jobs to be done? No, it's a simple answer <laughs> job. I think, I think you've got a, local councils that are responsible for these things, working in mysterious and slow ways. They're, they're now doing everything. It's got to be evidence-based. They have to have evidence that something needs doing. So, therefore, they conduct surveys, they go out and look at things, they measure things, they ask people things, and then they decide whether something like your railing that is in the river actually needs taking out of the river and repairing. So, I would suspect that there will be no change, Geoff.
0: So, an orange barrier, I saw... Which takes us back to um, lockdown one, John, where were the barriers in the high street... Should we just get used to it? Well,
4: I think you're going to have to. Or we, we, not you personally. Although, obviously, it scratches your skin more than mine. I think we've just got to get used to it, Geoff. And I'm glad you mentioned the barriers in the high street. Because if everybody remembers rightly, when the barriers, those lovely red and white plastic things that were supposed to save all our lives because we could walk in the middle of the road and not catch COVID, and... Now I do understand that the COVID figures are the highest they've ever been. It was a, a three million pound investment in Hampshire alone. Yeah, well there we go with the highest figures ever. We were supposed to get planters when they went. I don't know if anybody recalls that. So we never got our planters that were going to make the High Street a whole new attractive place. Because they're still deciding what they actually want to do in the town. And uh, watch this space. All will be revealed soon, I'm sure.
0: So we saw this in last week's Peter'sford Post. John, they're doing some consultation around the future of the High Street and Lavent Street and the Square. How quickly do you think there will be change in the town?
4: Well, Geoff, all I can say to you is when I came back to Peter'sford in 2011... Hampshire County Council were holding workshops or exhibitions in the town about what they wanted to do in the high street. We now fast forward to 2022, and they're now talking behind closed doors about what they want to do in the high street. I think everybody can do their own (laughs) maths and uh, work it all out for themselves. I mean, effectively... They're just talking shops. They talk and they meet and all this evidence-based stuff where they have to consult and talk and plan and then put the... You know, it's just never going to happen. Nothing is going to happen. They're wasting taxpayers' money by having all these meetings because these meetings don't come free. You know, there've got to be officers there who haven't paid time and they've got to do their work to take to the meeting and so on and so forth. And it's all comes down to Leadership they can't make any decisions and probably they haven't got the money either. And if they haven't got the money to do anything, why are they even bothering now holding all these meetings and consultations or whatever it is they're doing? Nobody really knows what the councils do. So moving on
0: to a different subject, which is also potentially linked to the council, I recently went up to the the cemetery. And I don't know if you've been there at all, John, but I've got to say the state of the pathways leaves a lot to be desired. It says there should be dogs on lead, but it seems to be a a dog-walking area, with dogs being allowed to run around the the, the gravestones. And actually, I've got the photographic evidence of uh, where it says dogs on lead, and underneath the sign there's um, a dog has left a present. Is this, once again, linked to lack of money, or is it lack of respect? I don't know.
4: Well, before I sort of talk about what you've just mentioned, going back to your earlier question, you know, if you have when was the last whole, you know, have you been to the cemetery recently? I'm gonna say very firmly, Geoff, I ever only want to go to that cemetery once <laughs> and I won't know about it when I do. So but uh, it's run by East Hampshire District Council and again it comes down to years ago, they had their own people who they employed to look after the cemeteries. They had set jobs. They did it, and they did it properly. Now it all goes out to contractors um, who are in it to make money. Who knows whether they're doing it properly or not? I don't. Clearly, on the evidence, you're suggesting that they're not. But the dog thing is a bone of contention wherever it's not just the cemeteries; it's the heath. It's everywhere you go out and walks in the countryside. You see dog poo bags hanging from trees. I mean, I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> And one of these days I'm worried I'm going to walk underneath a tree <laughs> just as the bag fails and I'm going to get... <laughs> but um, I don't know. The, the, cemeteries are a tricky thing. They're all filling up and uh, people treat graves differently these days. I do know that EHDC are concerned about the number of memorial things, for want of a better phrase, that are left on graves, little, you know, flowers, dolls pictures, trophies, whatever. They say that it makes the, the cemeteries look untidy and makes it hard for their contractors to clear up around the graves. I don't know whether East Hampshire District Council just haven't got the money to keep maintain their cemeteries as they should be. I think it's more uh, the way the councils have gone. Everything is contracted out to other people and other people, when they're contracted out, are there to make money they would do the bare minimum for the maximum return. And I suspect that's probably why these places are starting to look a bit scruffy. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that one is, Joff.
0: Moving on then, John, what other story has caught your eye this week?
4: Well, there's um, a rather interesting planning application, <laughs> which you have to think is probably very, very speculative. Up at the um, end of the causeway there where the Bereton... Roundabout is there's if you turn right to go under the motorway, there's a bit of land on the left, and uh, a developer wants to put in there 60 eco homes or eco pods for tourists to access the South Downs and 127 electric car chargers, amongst other things. Oh, with a cafe, restaurant, and a couple of retail outlets, I think. And you have to wonder. I mean, there is massive opposition to this. Even South Downs National Park planners, I think, are scratching their heads. So, I mean, would you actually want to be spending your two-week annual holiday 20 yards from the A3 in an eco-pod with hundred? I mean, when is there ever going to be 127 vehicles needing electric charging at one time? That seems quite a specific number. I'm sure it's all tied up to some sort of government funding. I, you know, I imagine that if you can prove that you're going to put in probably 125 or more, you'd get some sort of massive government loan to do it. And again, it's you know, it's people taking advantage of what money's out there. But it just makes me laugh that... And, and to get off that bit of land, you've either got to cross the A3, cross the Berriton Slip Road, or cross the Western Turning. So there's no way off that land that you can access. You can't just get up in the morning in your eco pod and above the roar of the traffic on the <laughs> A3 say to your family, let's go for a walk in the, new, in the National Park. But, but then the slip
0: road going on to the A3 northbound towards the McDonald's turn off and yeah. beyond, that is a very, very short slip road where there has been, sadly, numerous accidents.
4: Oh, yeah, and I suspect if you've got 60 families staying in eco-pods there all piling out tronic, you can have a lot more accidents. Uh, it's That's what these people want to do. So there you go, Geoff. Waste not, want not with your land.
0: And on that amazing story, John, it's great to catch up with you again, and I'll see you very soon. Yeah, I look forward to it, Geoff. Thank you. The peaceful Post is out every Wednesday and costs a nice round £1. And it's worth... Every single penny. So please get one with your weekly shot or subscribe to the digital version.
1: We met with the Petersfield Theatre Group towards the end of last year as they were preparing for their production of The Adams Family. Unfortunately, the show had to be put on hold, but that's not stopped this enthusiastic local musical theatre group.
0: Made in Dagenham is an uplifting musical comedy inspired by the true story of a group of working-class women who walked off the job, protesting their wages at the Ford Motor Company. We're joined now by PTG's director, J.P. McCrone. J.P., how are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, (laughs) thank you for coming along. Now, how's it going?
5: It's going really, really well, actually. This is a, it, it's a really exciting show to perform and to put on. And as you've already alluded, th- this is based on a true story. It's got a really important, empowering message behind it. But it tells that message in a way that isn't at all dry or worthy. It's entertaining. Um, it makes you think whilst making you laugh. There's a fantastic score. I think it's one of the best British musicals of recent years, quite simply. It, it really is a joy to, to be working on.
1: And is this the first production that you've directed?
5: Uh, no. No, I mean, I've, I've, I've been directing a, a long time now. I direct for my own theatre company, Cads Theatre, who, who are a, an award-winning company based mostly in Portsmouth, but we've done a, we have did Starlight Express here in Petersfield at the Festival Hall a few years ago. We've got Little Mermaid coming up as well very soon. Um, but, yeah, all, all across Portsmouth and across the south, and I've also uh, directed and acted professionally, done a bit of touring work, as well as a bit of theatre and education, some writing, all sorts, all these freelance things that I was doing up until the pandemic hit. Um, I work in education as well, so I work with with young people on, on drama and, and music and all those kinds of things. And uh, this particular show, Made in Dagenham, it's the second time I've directed this. I directed it for uh Musical Society at the King's Theatre back in 2016, when the rights first came out. Um, so it's, it's really interesting, actually, to be revisiting it with a, with a different team, with different people, um, bringing the experience of doing it the first time, but actually being able to see it afresh again as a result of a new creative team and cast.
0: So when, when you become a director of a, of a musical, mm. what is important to you about that musical? I think it's got to be directing
5: anything, whether it's a play or a musical, it's got to be something that that really speaks to you because it's something that does occupy so much of your time, not just in the rehearsal room, but outside of it. It's got to be something that you don't just like a little bit, but that you feel passionate about. And also that you think that there's a great quote um, uh, that I read years ago, which, which has always stayed with me, and it was Sam Mendes talking about he felt that he only wanted to direct something if he thought he knew a secret about it that nobody else knew, and whether that's whether that is something that someone else knows is is almost besides the point. It's that you think actually this speaks to me because, and I think I'm I'm the person to do this because, um, and yeah, it, it's you know with a musical obviously there's lots of different elements and it's bringing together the the musicality of it with with the with the drama which is always the most important. Um, but, it, yeah, like, like any piece, is the story worth telling? Um, is it a great piece of writing? Um, is it something that's going to reward exploration in the rehearsal room? And, and if all those boxes are ticked and it's something you think, actually, I couldn't bear to see someone else doing this, then you know you're the one to do it, I think.
1: Now, we've come to a rehearsal for the production, and there's a lot of energy here. Mm. It must be really exciting to be able to put on a production it's actually going to happen now?
5: Oh, it really is. And and with with the two years that we've had, uh, obviously it's been, I think now that things are back open and I've directed a a few shows since the middle of of last year, you know, when things were just gradually reawakening. But actually, yeah, there, there is that extra energy. I think always, you know, you come into a rehearsal room like this, there's a lot of passion, but now we know what it's like to be without it as well. So I think that, you know, the capacity for ever taking it for granted has probably gone away for good, I think. And people are, are so thrilled to be back in a room together. And as I said before, this is a this is a really uplifting piece. So actually, to walk into a room and have, you know, 30-odd people singing these amazing anthemic songs, it really does the soul good. And I think it will do the same for the audience. This is... It, it, it's great to be back watching the theatre. It's great to be back creating it.
0: And why, why should the public the people of Petersfield and the surrounding areas come and see Made in Dagenham?
5: Well, it is a, it's a great story told in a really fun and accessible way uh, I, I think as well that it's, you know th- this show was on, I, I saw it when it opened at, at the Adelphi in I think about 2014 with Gemma Arterton directed by Rupert Gould, it was superb it didn't run as long as it should have done it's one of one of many shows that feels like it should have been a bigger hit so actually what's exciting about this is that although it has been picked up on the amateur circuit, it's not a show perhaps that loads of people have seen, um, so You'll be able to see it afresh. You'll be able to see something new. Um, it, it, it's based on a true story, so you're seeing a really inspiring true story brought to life as well. And it will it will send you out with uh, with something really important to think about, but also I think with a, with a spring in your step. It's a it's a perfect piece to come back to the theatre with.
1: And how long have you been rehearsing this piece? Because the actual the actual dates of the show are mid-May, aren't they?
5: Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. so yeah, we're, we're on mid-May. Um, we've been rehearsing. We started music rehearsals towards the beginning of January, maybe mid-January, something like that, and then auditions early February. So, yeah, for um, about three months, all told, just a, just a little bit over that. So it's been um, a, enough time to do everything that needs to be done, but also you always want it to be intensive enough that there's always that drive and
0: there's that momentum there. And because it's been a couple of years without productions. Mm. Did you have quite a number... Come for auditions? Yeah, it, it's great. I mean, um,
5: PTG is a fantastic group. I've I've only directed for PTG once before. That was with All Shook Up in 2017. But they're a really they're a really friendly, warm, welcoming uh, group of people. There's some fantastic talent here. Um, but what's been lovely actually is coming back in the room and seeing a lot of the people that I worked with then, and also a lot of new faces. And I know that some of that's been in the intervening years. But they tell me as well that they've had a real influx over. The last year, since the doors opened up again, in fact, when they were when it was going to be Adam's family first of all, um, they got a lot of new members, a lot more for this. So it's yeah, there, there's a, there's a big number of people who just want to be want to be out and want to be doing things and want to be engaged and creatively stimulated again. And we've got some some just wonderful people in the room making some some really good theatre.
1: Brilliant. I'm looking forward to seeing it, Joff.
0: Yes, you? I'm going to come along and watch because musicals aren't my thing okay. I, 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 yeah i went out with uh, for a meal with a couple of the cast joe right. and, joe and con and they were trying to convince me that to come along and i will do it to support yeah. ptg and everything yeah. for the non-musical lover what is so great about musicals
5: well ah oh, it's i mean for me it it's it's another form of storytelling, isn't it? And there are there are lots of there are lots of great plays, and there are maybe some that don't appeal as much. Same with same with musicals. Mm. But um, I think that a really good musical, a really great musical like this is has a reason for being a musical. And I think the thing about the thing about this, you know, there's that great old quote about uh, songs in musicals beginning when actually the emotion is too big to be carried by just words. And this is a brilliant example of that because the the, the plight of these women, you know, the mission that they're on almost demands music and the other thing is i think for this particular musical for for maybe someone who thinks oh i don't know if i'm a musical fan or not it's written the scripts written by um the brilliant richard bean who wrote among other things one man two governors so he's a he's a great kind of master of very clever but also very popular very accessible theater Um, you've got lyrics by um richard thomas who wrote jerry springer the opera so with all the kind of not not as much profanity I will say as Jerry Springer the opera so there, there's a little bit in Maiden Dagenham but it, the, only only to a warning extent you can bring a lot of the family to come and see <laughs> this particular one but it's got that same sort of irreverence and wit um, and then um, the composer uh, David Arnold you know was responsible for a lot of the, the modern Bond films and things like that so actually it's written by people who came together who hadn't written that many musicals before so it's got that sort of that freshness to it people coming from these Different distinguished fields, and then creating something which does feel quite fresh and quite irreverent to use that word again. Um, you know, you've, you've got really poignant scenes, and then you've got a really comic interpretation of Harold Wilson, the Prime Minister. Um, who perhaps is, um, is a bit more bungling and inept than we'd expect him to be, and I think that's, that's very relevant at the moment. <laughs> um, there's all sorts of modern resonances in this, in this piece, which is set in the 60s.
0: Well, you've sold it to me, JP. Thank
5: you very much. Well,
1: thanks very much, JP. Pleasure. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Great to talk to you.
6: The P stands for Petersfield. It's a lovely area, lovely people, lovely atmosphere. The P pod.
0: Susie and Rain are wild walking once again in Durford Wood, remembering the beginning of the first lockdown two years ago.
6: If you can hear the scruffling, that's Rain. Um, in Dead Leaves, and we've come back to Durford Wood to sort of commemorate the um, anniversary of lockdown two years ago. If you can remember, we came to Durford Wood, we being Rain and I, and were very grateful for your company during that first lockdown. The weather was very much like it is, uh, just a peerless blue sky, and even today I can't see a single contrail it feels empty. There are really still not quite as many planes as, as my impression was before, but maybe I'm mis- misremembering now. I don't know. But I'm sitting in the sun on a beautiful fallen tree that has fallen a long, long time ago um, because you can just see it's covered in moss and lichen, and it's full of empty nutshells. So I imagine that it is a squirrel's perch when it isn't my perch, What can you see? What can you see? She's looking. I think she can smell that it's been a squirrel's perch. But over the two years, our attitudes have changed. I mean, I can really remember when, you know, I was kind of stockpiling food and Richard and I thought we were going to dig for Britain and we bought vegetables and things like that to to grow. And I went into a sort of survivalist... Well, I didn't. I was going so into survivalist mode I'm actually too bone idle to go into survivalist mode but I sort of had that mindset without doing anything about it so it was basically the worst of all the worlds but what I did do and consciously did I'm just watching a wonderful big bumblebee now it's so enormous it's like a little helicopter what I did consciously do was want to share these walks with you and I think this is when wild walks really came into their own because I felt that, you know, there'd be lots of people who were housebound and who were playing it absolutely straight bat and we were told to stay indoors and did stay indoors. But I had the responsibility of dog walking and I think it was perfectly reasonable to do that. And now we're even more sure that it, the open air is pretty good. I know. And I didn't see, as you know, and like today, I haven't seen a single soul on my walk round Durford. Um, I've got £2.50... Will you be quiet when I'm speaking, please? Um, I've got £2.50 in my pocket, so I'm going to buy some fresh eggs, um, but that's much further on. But now I'm just sitting on my lovely, warm piece of oak tree, from the look of things, looking out over in the distance through, I think, what must have been coppice once, because there's lots and lots of sort of trunks but through them i can see the the blue and distant downs and well happy anniversary and thank you so much for listening then and continuing to listen now my friends
1: thank you susie we love having your wild walks with us in the peapod Coming up, we meet some of the Maiden Dagenham cast and bring you our latest What's On guide, full of events taking place in the Petersphere.
0: First, though, Maiden Dagenham isn't the only local production coming up in town. The Winton players had to postpone their Robin Hood Panto Boo Hiss, which was scheduled to take place earlier in the year.
1: From April the 28th until the 30th, the Festival Hall will be home to the Winton Players' production of A Bunch of Amateurs. Rehearsals began in 2020, so you'd have hoped that with two years working on this production, it'll be well worth seeing. Shine Radio's Emily Watts found out more.
7: So I am here with the cast and some of the production team of A Bunch of Amateurs, which is Winton Player's spring production. Uh, So we'll start with Penny, the director. Um, Obviously, A Bunch of Amateurs has turned into Winton's longest uh, rehearsed play. How does it feel to finally be getting it on the stage?
8: Well, wonderful. It's not exactly longest rehearsed because, of course, we did have a long gap when we didn't do any rehearsing at all. (laughs) So we started rehearsing, if you can believe it, in January 2020 No, wow and round about this time in march 2020 complete lockdown Mm. and after that we've only been able to uh rehearse by means of zoom and then that sort of faded out because we didn't even know when we were going to be able to perform it again so we, we started again about a month ago and we're having as much of a good time now (laughs) as we did then. Um, And so I think anybody coming to uh, the show, which is the end of April, will have a really, really enjoyable evening. So, you know, come along, find out where to buy the tickets. Uh, I will tell you, I
7: will tell you later. And so here with us also we have uh, Carol Tubbs. Tell us a bit about your character.
8: Well,
9: I'm at the penny of the play because I'm the director (laughs) of... The Stratford players uh, who are performing King Lear. And uh, we invite somebody from America to come over and help save our theatre, which is in dire straits uh, because the council, can you believe it, have withdrawn (laughs) their funding. (laughs) Oh Boo. controversial Boo. <laughs> um, so it's a really, really good part. I am two years older than when I got the part, which I'm finding <laughs> very difficult, um but I'm really, really enjoying it, and it is the funniest play I have ever been in, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we have laughed an awful lot, lot during rehearsals, yeah. in the right places yeah. and sometimes in the wrong places.
7: <laughs> and so playing opposite Carol, we have here Simon Stanley. Tell us about Jefferson Steele.
9: Yes, Jefferson Steele. So um,
10: Jefferson is... I guess it's fair to say a Hollywood has been, mm-hmm. although so no, type he, passing, uh, then. no No, no typecasting, <laughs> and he doesn't think he is. So he thinks that his star will shine again because he's going to be playing Lear at Stratford, and so the setup for uh, Jefferson Steele is that he's come all this way to save British theatre, not necessarily a tiny little theatre in Suffolk or Norfolk or whatever. <laughs> um, And from that point on, I think the the character of Jefferson's um, very well positioned because, um, as we all know from an amateur performing perspective, when one comes across professionals in the in the theatre, uh, there is a sense of awe and expectation. And he probably doesn't deliver on most of those either. <laughs> he's not particularly good with his lines. And hopefully, as Penny says, whilst we haven't been rehearsing for two and a half years, which would make it amazing um, in terms of its delivery, it will be outstanding when we deliver it because um, it's something we've all become... Very, very passionate about, and if you yeah. think that there hasn't been a performance at the festival hall, with apart from the music festival recently, but a theatrical performance since January 2020,
7: mm.
10: that's an awfully long time to uh, for the public is. to have gone without.
7: How did you manage to keep up the engagement during lockdown, sort of between the cast and, and the crew? Well,
8: <laughs> WhatsApp.
7: What's that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought Zoom was going to be the first well, thing. Yeah. WhatsApp, what's well,
8: right. well in, initially we did um, sort of we we did a complete recording on zoom. Um, and we, we had some just meetups mm-hmm. and we had some really
9: good fun. Would I lie to you?
8: We did. Some fun evenings. Yeah. And then, but latterly we have relied very much on our WhatsApp group, yes. which yes. has been brilliant. Mm-hmm.
7: Coming, coming around to WhatsApp then. Mm. It's good mm. and, and we also here have um, Oh it's big now I'm just being shown I being shown The WhatsApp group Oh, no, 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 oh no. wow Two
3: years worth of stuff yeah. And we've
7: also got here Romy Hunt Who is DSM So what does that
3: entail? So DSM is the Deputy Stage Manager So basically I'm in charge of Ensuring all the lights And the sound effects Are all at the right times so calling The access to the stage Basically all the kind of Administrative side Of the production It's a huge thing to do Isn't it? That? It's, it is it is a big thing to do Yeah It's, it's good And to be honest Penny's been amazing as director. So actually coming back two years later, we've had everything was marked up Mm. in our books. So we've literally Mm. known every single stage direction, every lighting cue. So we started back kind of hitting the ground running. It's been brilliant because we've actually had. If only the actors had.
7: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say I have no stiffy scripts. I'm (laughs) sitting here watching
10: house. Yeah, it's a tough one though, right? Because I think you kind of get to that process where is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Is it going to happen? And we started back in earnest kind of, uh, February. February, of February didn't February, we yeah. for this yeah. uh-huh. so it's a much shorter rehearsal run probably yeah. than we used to
9: and i don't um, know about you simon but i found that i know what's going to happen yes. and i know roughly what i've got to say <laughs> but actually getting back to what's in the script <laughs> yeah. has been really really tricky yeah it's yeah. more an
10: estimation of what's supposed to be it was at the beginning accurate, it's it's getting yeah, there but yeah but it's but again it's fun because that's all part of the process i think as Romy says as well with penny's um excellent direction coming back into it has been lovely as well because it kind of feels comfortable, mm-hmm. if that's not yeah. too soft a word to put, no, you know, not. like an, your favourite pair of slippers. Yeah. It, it just fits, it feels right. And we're
3: um, lucky we've got all the same cast back yeah. again. Yeah, that's really kind of unusual, I think, two years yeah. later to still have everyone yeah. available and willing to play the parts they oh, were cast yeah. in two years ago. Yeah.
8: So they might have to rely more heavily on makeup.
11: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, 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 oh,
7: oh, And so, the, obviously, it's a bunch of amateurs. Do you see any parallels with sort of the play and you know what you do and, and being in sort of a, an, um, an amateur theatre group? Um, any characters? <laughs> Not quite sure.
10: Well, I play a serial philanderer. So. I'll oh no, I can't see any parallels.
7: I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I don't
10: know.
3: It's 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 an exaggeration
9: yes, of characters yeah. within uh, an amateur drama group yeah. I, I think, think we you can all recognise
3: people of characters within it
9: yeah. Yeah. over the years yeah. but massively obviously Absolutely. embellished yes,
7: embellished exactly. caricatures well thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and uh, everyone please do get your tickets um, I will set out some details this will be published on our website there'll be full details there but it's www.wintonplayers.co.uk um, or you can go to the town hall and get your tickets there and one tree books as well um, as Penny has pointed out prior to our chat it is the first theatrical event at the festival hall since cinderella in 2020 Mm. so that is over two years the first play to go on at the festival hall so please do join us it's going to be fantastic and thank you all so much hooray
3: thank you the peapod events guide what's on in the petersphere
0: the rosemary foundation will be holding their easter fair on saturday the 9th of april at the east Mean village hall from 2 until 4 p.m Entrance is free and there will be a variety of stalls and raffles, as well as a nurse's cake stall and an Easter egg tombola.
1: Gifted medium and spiritual leader Leslie Carver will be at the Phoenix Theatre and Arts Centre in Borden on Saturday the 9th of April from 7.30 until 9pm. For further information and to book tickets, visit the theatre's website.
0: There's a toddler takeover taking place at the Peaceful Museum on Monday the 11th of April. From 10am until 4pm, hop into springtime with your little ones, with messy crafts, an Easter egg hunt and more. Go to the museum's website for event times and more details.
1: If you'd rather stay in, there's always your local radio station, Shine Radio, to listen to. With a brighter mix of music, local news and weather, there is also a wide variety of programmes to choose from.
0: This month, eavesdrop on Phil and Mags in their new drinking programme as they visit two drinking holes in town and celebrate the joy that is on Blanc. To
1: listen to The Drinking Show and other programmes, tune in to ShineRadio.uk, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If you're running an event, get it in the guide at ShineRadio.uk. The Petersfield Theatre Group are a lively bunch and are raring to get back on the stage in May.
0: Let's meet some of the cast. Please introduce yourselves.
12: Um, I'm Mary Carmichael and um, I play a character called Connie Riley who is a middle-aged shop steward uh, who leads the women in their revolt for equal pay.
3: Hello, I'm Hannah Latimer. I play Rita O'Grady. She is the lead role um, and she's leading all of the women in their fight for equal pay. Uh, Yeah.
13: Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Jeff Woodon, chair of Peterfield <laughs> Theatre Group. Um, nice to be back amongst you all. Nice to um, see you again, Jeff. And I play the part of Mr. Tooley, who is the sort of American uh, head of Ford, who is not happy with obviously what's going on in Dagenham, so he comes over from the States to uh, essentially sort it out.
1: Wearing a big hat.
13: Wearing a big hat. <laughs>
1: yes. And, a, and an American accent?
13: Well, yes, hopefully, if, if I can name it. We get yeah.
0: a, will we get a little teaser of that accent this
13: evening? Well, I don't want any spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know.
0: Now, Jeff, we got together before the Adams family.
13: I mean, yes, in in, 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 in one in, sense. In, I mean, <laughs> in, within the peapod sense. In, in the peapod <laughs> sense,
0: yes. And we know where that went. How's it going with this one?
13: It's going brilliantly. I mean, it's just it's lovely to be back again doing this. Obviously, the last time we spoke to everybody, we were in the throes of the Adams family, and we haven't forgotten about the Adams family. That's still coming up in November. Um, But you know, things have happened, and we've you know we've sort of absorbed that, and we're all stronger for it. We're absolutely delighted to be doing what we're doing at the moment, and um, we've got such a strong cast for this. Really, really pleased with the cast we've got. uh, We've got a really big supportive cast as well, as well as all the principals brilliant team behind the whole show as well with so much being made backstage so many costumes so many props you know it's about recreating a period of history here and it it would be easy to sort of sort of skimp on certain things but there's been so much attention to detail on this show that's that that's going to make it i think and make it an absolute visual spectacle as well as one hopefully that people will enjoy coming and and seeing and hearing as well
1: and what period of history are, are you recreating here Uh,
13: Mary, do you want to say something about it?
12: 1968, Ford Dagenham Plants. It's actually based on a true story, although it obviously isn't true to life it is they didn't break into song and dance and so on actually at the Ford Dagenham plant um but they they went on strike to get equal pay with the men or at least to get uh, originally it was just an upgrading to a skilled level it got extended to equal pay and their fight was the beginning of the work for the equal pay act of 1970 so originally we were going to be doing this um, two years ago, mm. so it would have been the 50th anniversary of obviously COVID got in the way of that um, so yeah, 1968 it's Ford Cortinas, it's spidery eyelashes, it's beehive hairdos, it's Dusty Springfield, it's Twiggy. Um, I don't remember
0: this.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
12: oh, really?
11: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was
0: that when you had hair, Jess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Now, Hannah, you mentioned your, the lead role in this. Is this your first lead role with the PTG?
3: Uh, no, I did one... Ooh. A long time ago. (laughs) Uh, I had the lead role in Oliver. Um, I was just 22, I think I was. So yeah, 30, almost 31 now. So yeah, yeah, a while ago. And then uh, just before um, COVID actually, I was uh, mama in in Chicago, which was a really great part. But yeah, I've come back for this um, this lovely show. It's just such a great, uh, it's it's an amazing part. And it's such a lovely supporting cast with some really strong female characters and I think what I love about the show is the love story in the show is kind of a side element of it so it's, it's quite different from kind of normal musical theatre which is, you know, a, a kind of a big love affair and um, a helpless female and she's, she's very feisty, um, knows her own sort of head and, uh, yeah, just lovely character.
0: And joining us now is... Andrew Gibson. Yeah. Hello, Andrew, how are you? Hello.
2: Very well, thank you. And what part are you playing? I play Eddie O'Grady. I play Rita's husband. And is, is that a lead role, is it? It is a principal part. Principal I think you'd part? describe it as, yeah. So my first one, so I'm jolly looking forward to it. So. And how long
0: have you been a member of PTG? Since
2: 2013. My first show was South Pacific as a jolly CB sailor. So.
0: And how are you finding rehearsals and this your first principal part?
2: I love it, actually. It's, um, it's very different from... Uh, what I've been used to I've been used to being you know third row at the back shuffling around hoofing doing this and the other and to be told right Andrew you are now centre stage you do this and the other or you know just off centre if is in the middle um, it's very different very different but uh, exciting nonetheless Do you have much dancing to do? I don't think actually I've got oh well there's no dancing it's more sort of um, coordinated movements <laughs> um, which, which I, could, I sort of do. I, I get to jump on a on a bench. Um, all right. So, but that's about it. But no, it's there's no real dancing in it at well, all, is no, there?
3: I think that's there's some big chorus numbers, so we've yeah, yeah. got um, the Cortina song. Um, there's the the song. The other, there's
9: an American theme yeah, one. Well, there's some America.
2: sort of um, be a big massive show. choreography. Yeah, it'll be yeah. a big. There is a bit The the um, the start the start to Act Two is is is, is Jeff's song where he, he sings the uh, This is America, which should be um, amazing. A big a big <laughs> a big uh, production. Yeah, so. We're looking forward to doing that one. We haven't rehearsed that yet.
0: And do you have any duets as husband and wife? We do. And how how are they coming along?
2: Uh, Well, actually, you were ill, weren't (laughs) you? So I've done it it with a stand-in. And that went okay. (laughs) With uh, (laughs) with my brilliant Yeah, she's fantastic, yeah. So that was another Hannah. Um, But I'm looking forward to doing it with with, uh, Hannah here. So we'll do that hopefully very soon.
6: Yes.
2: Um, And that's one where I jump on a bench. But... uh, yeah I get a solo as well at the end do you towards yeah how do you think
1: how do you think your nerves are going to be all of you getting back on stage for the first time in in a couple of years
3: oh I'm really nervous are
13: you I think I think that's a really good question because obviously it has been quite a while since we've sort of done this
12: for me it's about 30 years for
13: for, for Mary it's been longer perhaps than most but yeah I mean it's like anything you know we love doing it but there's an adrenaline every time you do this and maybe this time it will be slightly slightly more nerve (laughs) wracking um because it has been over two years since since Chicago, so but you know oh, it's, it's exciting. It's a, there's an excitement to it as well. Right. I think that's
2: it's helpful. a fun, lively show, and yeah. it opens. It's just it's action right from the start. It's non-stop, it? Yeah, and um, you know, bless her. Hannah's got such <laughs> a tough role. I'm going
1: to
2: be
13: knackered. A tough, tough role, but yes. um, she's up to it, I'm sure.
1: So when do the tickets go on sale, or are they already on sale? Just
13: so tickets have yeah we're about to announce kind of like them going on sale generally in the next week or so and they are we're still we're sort of starting selling to cast and people and to members um but the the official launch hopefully will be there'll be news about that in the next week or so
0: Brilliant. Yeah. and where 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 can we normally get the tickets from?
13: so tickets will be on sale either from our website um, but they'll also be available from One Bambino Tree Books. Uh, we're also selling them from Bambino Baby, another uh, shop in town. Um, and they'll also be available from the uh, Visitor Centre in the Town Hall.
0: And Jeff, as yeah. Chair of PTG, what are your plans and visions for the remainder of the year?
13: Uh, well, the plans and visions have always been the same, which is to finally get to do a show. <laughs> um, <laughs> And if we can get this one under our belt, which I really hope we can, then um, we'll be moving on to the Adams family in November, and then we've got we've got some really exciting shows to look forward to next year. At the moment, we've, we're looking at possibly putting on uh, Nine to Five and um, Our House, so we'll see what happens with those because uh, they're also going to stretch us as a group and we're going to look to ex- I mean you talk about plans for the future our plans remain about recruiting we want as many people as possible to come and join us and to be involved in what we love doing Mind and, and to share in that experience with us yeah we're you know like most groups we struggle perhaps for, for men joining the group so that would be perhaps something to focus on maybe but essentially we just want we want people who, who are as passionate about doing this as we are uh, and I'm absolutely confident that the cast we've got at the moment are as passionate as anything I would hope for.
1: And just quickly, a, a note about the music. I mean, obviously, the music is a huge part of it. Do you have an orchestra that helps yes. with you guys doing the music?
13: Yes. I mean, we're lucky that we've got, we've got such a range of expertise in the group, so we've got a, a, a quite a number of musical directors who we can call upon and then as part of that they can then bring in orchestras and people that they've used in the past so we're looking probably at something like a 14-piece orchestra for something like this Um, so yeah it's a challenge but you know it's like putting on something like this involves such a range of people and so many different um, elements and dimensions to it and uh, as I said at the start that we're not cutting any corners with this one so it's yeah it's it's a the, the show itself has such an important message that I think it's, yeah. you have to make... That's, that's the priority at the moment, and we're not going to cut any corners, like I say. We're going to make this, you know, put PTG back out there loud and proud, put the message out there, you It'll know. It's going to be blooming brilliant. It's going to be blooming brilliant, Mary says.
0: So, so Claire, a couple of complimentary tickets for us to review in I
13: a forthcoming... That,
1: people. A couple of compliments sound- from you, Geoff, <laughs>
13: <laughs> And then we'll talk
1: about complimentary <laughs> tickets. <laughs> <laughs> nice try Geoff <laughs>
0: it's
13: great but of course to you. you're always welcome oh, thank you Jeff.
1: <laughs> it was great talking to you all thank you very much for uh, joining us
13: good luck thank you
1: the P stands
8: for Petersfield I like going to the open air swimming pool and shopping
1: <laughs> the P pod
0: and so we come to the end of this week's theatrical P pod thank you for joining us
1: Thanks also to our guests, JP McCrown, Jeff Wooten, Hannah Latimer, Andrew Gibson, Mary Carmichael, Emily Watts, the Winton Players, Susie Wilde and John Walker, as well as to the musical volunteers at Shine Radio who support the show and help to put it together. This week's
0: music comes from local musician Marley Blandford and his song, Lift Me Up.
1: So from Joff and I this week, Bye. Bye!
11: tell you Should it fall into place this time Just maybe my life could start again this time Again this time Tell me that it's gonna be alright this time
1: I wanted to get a head start because I don't think I did the previous year. King of the allotments. So I've always been keen on gardening, forever. Petersfield Gardening Royalty. Growing Together on Shine Radio. Give it a go this year, you never know, and we're here on hand if you have any questions. Growing Together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos. New every month and always online
0: at shineradio.uk.